Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time to step inside the Iktagon with your host, Ike Feldman. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Ike Feldman, talking to you and all of you, you beautiful people, on the Twitter spaces. Hope you guys are doing amazing, doing excellent during the holidays, the holiday season. The reason for the season is for a ton of pleasing. Whether you're a young cat who, I don't know, if you're under 16, why are you on this platform? But if you are... A young cat who is under 16 who is on this platform who is listening to the Ike Feldman slash Iktagon Spaces. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season, getting your Christmas. Or if you are a parent, getting some little buzz with your eggnog. Again, guys, this is the MMA, boxing, combat sports, life. And entertaining comedy at times. Space with your boy, Ike Feldman. Follow me everywhere. At IkeDagon. Everything. IkeDagon.com. Twitter. Instagram. Facebook. LinkedIn. YouTube. I'm getting going with the spaces. I'm getting on a roll. I'm really enjoying this. I practice over the summer going for the hour straight without a commercial break. Yes, I am a radio guy. I come from the radio business, CBS Radio, WFAN Radio, and now NBC Sports. We have commercial breaks built in normally. I can catch my breath, take a sip, take a piss, and reset. No commercial breaks here. I envision... A day where Twitter will work in ads where you can just hit a button and a 30-second, 60-second ad plays. That'd be nice. But until then, it is maybe three, four, five-second breaks where I mute, clear my throat, and reset, refocus for you guys. I know I sound like Jocko Willick. Reset. Reload. 
re-engage, recalibrate, go. But I am not Jocko Willick. I'm the guy who's going to be breaking down for you guys over the next 50 minutes or so. Francis Ngannou and what's going on with him and the spat with him, Dana White, Hunter Campbell, UFC Brass. A little pre-pre-preview of UFC 270. That card is looking nice. Obviously, everybody and their mother cares about the main event between Francis Ngannou and his former teammate and sparring partner, Cyril Ghosn. That's a pretty amazing fight. And it's like a... Like a kung fu movie. Francis Ngannou trained under Ferdinand Lopez in France. I believe it was called the MMA factory in France after his 14-month crazy-ass journey to get from Cameroon to Francois. There he wanted to be a boxer, but he ended up not going into the boxing world, but becoming a UFC champion. And we'll get into that more, but that's where he crossed paths with his former coach, Lopez, who is now the coach of Cyril Gan. We're going to also go down the rest of the UFC 270 card. Just a brief look. Just a brief look. And MMA versus boxing will never die. It will never die. Boxing media members and mixed martial art media members are just always at each other's throats. (sighs) And I'm going to call to the carpet. I think that's what the saying is called. I'm going to call to the carpet. These two guys who were on this platform. The only two guests I've had are going at each other. Unreal. You know, I'm trying to bring people together, not push people further apart. But. To each their own, we'll break that down. And, of course, remembering a legend, John Boom Madden. If you don't know who John Madden is or you've never heard the name Madden, we cannot be friends. You should probably not be listening to this. Because everybody and their mother, just like the UFC 270 main event, even more so, better know who John Madden is and better respect and remember this man for living. 
live it to the fullest and just seemingly being a great guy and very gracious and hardworking, respectable on many fronts as a football coach, of course, but also as a businessman. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty sad as well. And two hot rods in the combat sports circle. As of late, Jake Paul. We know who he's fighting next. We know who he's fighting next. And Sean Strickland. Do you like him or do you hate him? We're going to get into all that over the next 50 or so minutes. Now that I have that whole monologue out of the way, I hope you guys are doing well. Again, just enjoying your holiday season. Should be a very peaceful time of year. A time of year where we all come together, not try to split each other down the middle. That sounded weird. Uh, <laughs> it should be a time where we're together, just plain and simple. And I love you guys, and thank you for all the downloads, the clicks, the retweets, the favorites, the likes, the subscriptions, the views, the listens. We're slowly growing. We're slowly growing. So, let's get into it. Francis Ngannou has a message on his own YouTube channel, which is very smart. Keep the views to you. Get the money. This is very dangerous for media members. You're either going to have to start taking photos of these fighters naked to get them to appear on your show, or you're going to have to be friends with them. But this is a very smart move. Francis Ngannou, very smart. He's the only one talking. The, the questions were just pauses in the video, and the question was put on the screen, kind of like a Vanity Fair, Vogue, a GQ video, how they don't show the interviewer. And they just show the interviewee, which in this case is Francis Ngannou. Very smart move by Francis and his media team and his YouTube channel to funnel all the clicks and the views to his channel. Very smart. So Francis Ngannou says that MMA Factory, a gym, his first gym where Ferdinand Lopez where he met Ferdinand Lopez, is manipulating the sparring footage that was released out to the media. Duh. Now, it's duh for Francis, and it's duh for me. But is it duh for you? Do you guys understand how the media works? 
how propaganda works. It's made to make somebody look good. And the sparring footage makes Surreal Gone look extremely good. That's the point of the media. That's the point of playing the game telephone. You hear it from XYZ Party, who then tells ABC Party, and the story gets changed. But that's fair game. This is all Ferdinand Lopez's footage of Surreal Gone and Francis Ngano in France. Francis Ngano on his YouTube channel said that this sparring footage was from a time leading up to his fight against Cain Velasquez. So this is February 2019, if I remember. It was one. Of, it it might have been the first UFC card on big ESPN. And hell of a way to kick it off. You know, you put this Goliath against a well-known former champion who's just well past his prime. And it was just the slaying of the sheep. So that's when that footage was from. Surreal Gone was getting ready for his fight. Francis, I, I didn't fact check this, but he said that Gone was fighting in a organization called TKO. And that's when it was from. So about two and a half years ago, a little more. That's a long time. That's a long time. I don't know exactly when the footage, when TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt was released in coordination to when they actually fought. But if you guys remember... T.J. Dillashaw was dropped by Cody Garbrandt in the training footage. Now, we all know how that panned out. T.J. Dillashaw had the last laugh and is still laughing. Though he tested positive for EPO following the Henry Cejudo fight, yeah, he's still laughing. He didn't suffer the two concussions that Cody Garbrandt did. He got all the money from the victory. And he has two more belts to show for it. So, you can't go by what you see in the sparring footage. Now, the guy who had that sparring footage of Garbrandt and Dillashaw was Cody Garbrandt's coach. You think he would release footage of TJ head kicking and wobbling Cody Garbrandt in practice? Why would he do that? That doesn't help anybody. Ferdinand Lopez 
the coach, which I've had the pleasure to meet multiple times. When Francis Ngana was still one of his students. Ferdinand Lopez knows exactly what he's doing. One, he's letting his fighter, Cyril Gaon, know that he has his back. Two, he's giving him more confidence. Why not? Why the hell not? These fighters, they absorb confidence. Like it's their business. Like they're the a dry sponge. They get soaked. The more good things people say to them. Delicate creatures fighters are. Delicate creatures fighters are. Yes, Yoda. That is correct. So when Cyril Gaon is doing media obligations in the lead up to this fight. And everybody's asking him. Hey, Cyril, you got the better of Francis. The beast of all beasts. The unbeatable beast. You got the better of Francis Ngannou. What do you think about that? Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> uh, we let the we let the tape do the talking. That's what he's gonna say. Yeah, he's big. He's talented. Scary. But he's going to be very modest and have a smirk on his face like there's something else that we didn't see in the sparring footage. Francis Ngannou, as soon as the fight happened, was concluded between Gan and Lewis. UFC 265. When Gan put it on Lewis, I think he stopped him in the third round. Francis Ngannou had a video that came out. Within 10 minutes. Yeah, he was watching the fight live, and he goes, If you know, you know, Surreal. I got very humble, but yet very confident response to Surreal Gan's dominant TKO win against Derek Lewis. I love it. I love these big Goliaths who... Speak softly and carry a big right hand. I love it. It's cool. It's calm. And these guys get it done. When it counts. Now, back to the interview. Francis Ngannou seems extremely confident in what happened during the sparring footage. He doesn't seem a wee bit worried. Not a wee bit. Says there was a ton of footage. Cameras there that were for Gans pre-fight. Before he's in the UFC. Again, this is almost three years ago, guys.
Francis is not word. He's not. He says, I also have the advantage. I was with Fernand Lopez for four years. He says he's been with his current coach in Las Vegas, Eric Nixick, for almost another four years. You know, this really comes down to a, somebody being self-secure in who they are. And possibly a smaller weight class, a 145ers, 155, 170. They'd be like, yeah, I won this barn. I won the exchanges. I won everything. Go to the tape. I seen it. I seen it. Go to the tape. But it's like Francis is just so calm and relaxed. He's like, we all knew what happened in that sparring footage. We all know what happened. Not worried. Calm. Confident. The moxie and swagger that you'd want from a man in his position, the the literally the baddest man on the planet. It just oozes off him. Confidence. Swagger. It's beautiful to watch. Beautiful. Now, there is a caveat for this. Again, guys, my name is Ike Feldman for the Iktagon and NBC Sports. I'm a betting analyst for NBC Sports Edge. My job is to look at all the information, that dissect what I believe will lead to the path to victory and pick that fighter that I believe will win. So I'm hearing that the betting lines, yes, I'm hearing because I am off, though I'm on Twitter spaces, I am doing this through a desktop and an old phone. I have turned off my actual phone for the week so if you are hanging from a cliff and I'm the first person that shows up that you need to call first of all you don't have anybody A through K or J whatever is the letter that comes before I in the alphabet second of all good luck because I'm not picking up this week I'm resetting, reloading, recalibrating, go. Or good. I was saying go. <laughs> good. Ran out of toilet paper. Good. Somebody cut you off in traffic. 
good. Your wife won't go down on you. Good. <laughs> so I'm looking at all the sides, possibilities for this fight. And one major, 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 major angle of this fight that is a freaking huge storyline. And the sparred footage will come up fight week. Also in interviews leading up to the fight. And I assume this will come up. Dana White on a sit-down interview with ESPN's Brett Akamoto has said that UFC 270 is Francis Ngannou's last fight on his UFC contract. Whoa. That's huge. That is absolutely huge news. Dana White, who is now a third-degree black belt in answering questions, is very calculated, has surrounded himself with smarter and smarter and smarter people throughout the years. And now the smartest guy who he has in his corner is Hunter Campbell, a former lawyer who now handles the big negotiations fighter contracts for the UFC. He's the guy that looks like Harry Potter and Elon Musk had a kid. So Dana White, typically, what did he say with the Diaz brothers throughout the years? Hey, I've offered them 50 fights they've turned down. Which, one side of the coin is correct. Offer them 50 fights. But did he offer them 50 contracts that they liked? The answer is no. That's why it took about three years to get Nate back. And that's why it took over five years when Nick was clearly eligible a couple of years prior to his UFC 266 return. Dana White is no schmo. He's very on the ball, very smart. I think he's going to be calling 
Francis Ngannou in the middle of the night. The night before the fight. Wake him up. Ocean's 12 style. He does not want Francis Ngannou leaving the UFC as the undisputed champion. He does not. I can guarantee you that. That would be the first time in UFC history a champ leaves. I didn't say retire. I said leave. Francis Ngannou to Bellator. One championship boxing would be huge. It would be huge. Dana White would not be happy. I don't know if people are telling him, hey, Surreal Gon's going to win. He did open up as the favorite. A slight favorite, but a favorite. Is Dana White hoping that within the next four weeks, something could get figured out? Maybe. This is a particular situation. And Francis Ngannou's agent joined the XM fight channel on the Misha Tate show. I believe it's every Monday at 12 Eastern. And he said that him and Dana White have not spoken in six months. Now, is this simply negotiations 101? The longer you wait, you hope somebody cracks, somebody breaks. Because Dana White and Francis Ngannou will be in the same room at the same time come UFC 275 week. And boy, is that awkward. Dana White's going to look at him. Francis is going to look back. And they know. They know. You know, they know. You know. What went on since March. The last time we saw Francis Ngannou clobbering Stipe Miocic. Absolutely clobbering. That was the first time we saw Francis use some pretty nice wrestling. Pretty nice wrestling. Nice sprawl. Spin to the back of Stipe. Kind of hug Stipe's hip with the far hand. 
It used the near hand as a hammer, a hammer and a half. Stipe separated, tagged Francis, and then tried to fully step through the fire, but got burned badly. It was a bad fight for Stipe, really bad. But that was then, and this is now. We have two former sparring partners and teammates going at it. So, in a quick preview of UFC 270, a pre-pre-preview, got the return of uh, Adolfo Vieira, Trevor Giles, Matt Frivola, Kay Hansen. I, I don't know if that's the woman fighter who's just downright dirty on social media. She is throwing it out there, and God bless her if she's making money on her OnlyFans. Um, she's going for it, to say the least. Ilya Toporia makes his return after his, wow, amazing knockout of Ryan Hall. Saeed Nurmagomedov, Cody Stammen, Greg Hardy, Alexi Olenek. Devison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno for the third time. And of course, the big dogs at the top, Iganu Igan. Stylistically, Francis Iganu is the biggest striker. Power puncher we've ever seen in combat sport, excuse me, in mixed martial arts. He packs unbelievable power in both hands. He could knock you out backwards. Look at his sweet uppercut when his back's against the fence against Cain Velasquez. He could charge forward, take off your head as we saw in his UFC 249 fight against Jarzinho Rosenstruck. He could do it all. Really good footwork. Beautiful boxing technique and rhythm to his punches. And an ever-evolving grappling game. The grappling was the the straw that broke the camel's back in the Stipe fight. That sprawl led to the end. Now, what if Stipe came out? Excuse me. What if Francis Ngannou came out and shot for a double leg against Cyril Gan? What if he pressured Cyril against the fence and tried to clinch 
and slow down Cyril, who is has great footwork, fleet of foot, moves very well at range. Kind of like a karate guy. Kind of like Darren Till. Kind of like Conor McGregor. Very light in and out. Does that oblique kick to his opponent's knees, as we saw to Derek Lewis. Yes, Derek Lewis is a lot more of a stationary target than Francis Ngannou. But the technique, the approach, and the execution is all there. You have to credit Surreal Gan for an excellent game plan. And he has these wonderful skills. He possesses patience. Look at his Volkov fight. Look at his Rosenstruck fight. Patience. Main events. Good cardio. Good pace. Great patience. But Francis also showed excellent patience in the rematch with the greatest heavyweight UFC heavyweight of all time in Stipe Miocic. But there seems to be a little extra fuel on the flame this time around. Francis Ngannou, I don't care how calm and cool and exceptionally poised he can be on the outside. He's furious. He wants justice. He wants to do what he believes is right, which is not only beat Cyril Gan, but beat him in a bad way. And he wants to look Lopez in the eye and let him know that he made the mistake and that he crossed him. Now, Lopez could be totally like, this is the... The rules of war. You picked your side. I stayed on mine. And we clashed. And the better man won. It's going to be really interesting. I think that is a huge factor. Does Francis come out firing? Because he's trying to put four years of pent-up anger Into one punch. Or a combo. Or flurry of punches. And we don't know Sorogan's chin. If he could take. The early onslaught. Of Francis Ngannou. If he can. Faint. 
and leap out of danger enough that he's not absorbing a ton of shots from Francis. And he can wear out the Predator. Le Predator. It could be a long night for Francis Ngannou. It could be a bad night for Francis Ngannou. He will not have his revenge. He will have a guy who is the new pupil, the hot prospect. Francis will be leaving the UFC with no contract. He'll be a free agent coming off a huge demoralizing loss. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And if there's anything we can recall about Francis Ngannou is that obviously he's a fantastic performer on fight night, but two, sometimes he doesn't think the clearest when the most pressure is on him in the training camp, in the weeks leading up. Now, you could say that those are old times. Maybe he's learned from that. Maybe he's wiser now. He's in one spot. He's not moving around as much. But if you look back to the second biggest moment of his UFC career, UFC 220 against Stipe Miocic, January 2018, which we're coming on four years from then. So uh, if Stipe's... uh, if Francis Ngannou is saying that it's about four years, did something happen around that time? Did Fernand Lopez kind of disown him? Did he give him treatment that Francis Ngannou was not warm to? We will find out. It's usually how these things go. We'll find out after the fight when the emotions are settled. But it's still a factor. I believe it. Francis Ngannou in the lead up to UFC 220. Now again, that fight was taken on short notice. If you guys remember, UFC 218 was the beginning of December. It was the Max Holloway-Jose Aldo rematch. Uh, Le Predator Ngannou was facing Alistair Overeem. That's that famous, famous knockout punch. Francis took the fight about seven weeks later. Seven weeks later. Now, we saw Chris Curtis do this. UFC 268. And then a fight night just a couple of weeks later. They aren't aren't even in the same ball league in terms of pressure on them. Francis Ngannou trying to make his mark as the greatest heavyweight of all time. That's pressure. Knocks out over him early October, excuse me, early December, UFC 218. Then goes to France. 
on vacation comes back for a world title fight against the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time in Francis Higano. And he survived the five rounds. And he didn't look trim. He didn't look too fit. He was big. He was definitely big. Bulky, but very lumbering in that fight against Stipe, the first fight. Now we see him lighter, trim, more schvelt, a lot more cut. Looks phenomenal. This is now the biggest fight of Francis Ngannou's career. Not the first fight with Stipe. Not the rematch with Stipe. UFC 270 is the biggest fight of Francis Ngannou's career. It's the last fight of his deal. What? He's fighting a former training partner, sparring partner. What? Against a coach that he feels... Shoved him out of the door. Wow. Maybe that's a little too strong. Maybe a coach that wasn't receptive to his style of thinking or his way of thinking. And now they've completely gone separate direction. It's crazy. I'm telling you, it, it is a real life kung fu movie. I want Francis to win just to give the fighter more power. But it's close. It is a very, very close fight. Now, again, guys, I'm your boy, Ike Feldman. Hope you're enjoying this Twitter space. Why does MMA and boxing always have to go after each other? Why can't we all play in the same sandbox of combat sports? Why? Literally. The biggest tweet in the MMA world came from the first guest on the Twitter space. On my Twitter Spaces show. JHK MMA. My boy John. He basically was saying that. It's okay. If Francis does not return to. A cage after this fight. There are bigger fights in boxing. He would be a successful boxer. There are fights like Fury, Wilder, and Ruiz. Okay. It's a very optimistic take on Francis Ngannou's future. And then my second 
Twitter Spaces guest, Dan Canobio. Obi Dan Canobio. He says, man, it's almost 2022 and MMA media still think MMA fighters can box or something like that. Wow. Guys, I'm trying to bring you together. It's the holiday season. I'm trying to steer it towards good spirits. Wow. Dan shot him down. John never responded. But Dan got a ton of feedback. People making fun of John's take. John got almost 1,500 likes. I would say nearly 2,000 interactions with retweets and replies. Incredible. Incredible. And again, these are some guys that I believe are the future of combat sports coverage. JHK MMA, hold it down in the Asian market. Dan Canobio, holding it down in boxing. Him and Mike Coppinger are probably the one and two for the next wave of excellent boxing media. See, you have Kevin Ioli, who's the statesman for boxing media. Gareth Davies. And for MMA, we have Kevin Ioli, Gareth Davies. <laughs> it's the same people. It's the same people. It's only wise to cross-contaminate the sport. And I want to bring us together. I really, really envision that it won't be the last time that I will not only be speaking with John and Dan, but potentially working together. Maybe I'll get them on a Twitter space together. And we can uh, see how that plays out. It'd be fun. It'd definitely be fun. I want to bring people together, not separate people. Now, I want to take the last few minutes of the show to give a warm exit to a man and a legend who played a part Almost every millennial's 
life. If you play video games, you play Madden. Over the last two decades, I almost had every single Madden. Every single video game. And early on, John Madden was the voice that you'd hear in Madden. I think the greatest sports game of all time Madden 2004, Michael Vick on the coverage, a uh, cover, the introduction of the playmaker mode. John Madden. Was it Pat Summerall? Let's see. Madden 2004. Oh, Al Michaels, John Madden. Wow. Yep. That was the best one. John Madden, just terrific. And then you find out all these other things, that he's a cool guy. A turkey, duck, and a chicken he puts together on Thanksgiving football. Rides around the whole United States in a bus. And then what? He won a Super Bowl as a coach. He had fantastic hair. Yeah. That's John Madden. And today he passed away. It's sad. He is a legend. But his legend will live on. Always. He's done too much for the sports world not to be. The NFL, I'm sure, will do a tremendous celebration for him come this weekend, whether it's patches embroidered on players' uniforms, moment of silence. The man is a legend. And deserves every bit of our respect. True legend. Guys, I hope you enjoyed. Space is number six. Hope you didn't space out. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We do know who Jake Paul is fighting next. It will most likely be Anderson Silva, which makes a ton of sense, which is a great step up in competition and should be a fun fight. Less theatrics leading up to a fight, but on fight night, it'll be wildly entertaining. Sean Strickland, do you like him or do you hate him? I think as long as you understand his perspective and you listen to his story and pre your Raya Hall fight interviews, you'll understand a lot more about him. And not attract to his style, but 
understand his style and take it as what you are. I believe he means to entertain at the end of the day. So I like him. Guys, again, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Iktagon. Go to Iktagon.com to see some stuff I've done in the past. I appreciate the clicks, the likes, the retweets, the favorites, the shares, the subscriptions, the views, the listens, all of it. I love you guys. Enjoy your holidays. Talk to you next week. Peace. By the way, I have a cold. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.